Five Stories by Palmer Cox, Coffee Break Collection 26, The Small World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Five Stories from Fun for Little Tots. Wee Stories for the Wee Darlings Who Live in Play World. The Brownie's Plum Pudding. Twas the evening of the 24th of December. The clouds had been gray and heavy all day. Now the snowflakes were beginning to fall thick and fast, so fast that already quite a white blanket was spread over the earth. This did not please the brownies. They had work to do, and a snowstorm would hinder rather than help its progress. Somewhere in the woods, nobody knew where, for the brownies kept the secret all to themselves, was a great big Christmas pudding full of plums and citron, raisins and spices, and the brownies wanted to bring that pudding home. It was so big and heavy that they had built something that made one think of a raft, or perhaps a ladder with the sides very far apart. How they put the pudding on it would be hard to tell, but they managed it, and bravely they struggled with their burden, perched on their little shoulders. They took turns so that no one got too tired, but all were glad when they were safely out of the woods and had landed the pudding in the hollow of the old tree back at the schoolhouse, for this had been the spot chosen for the grand feast of the morrow. Then to their homes they skipped away to dream of the good times in store for them, and if their backs did ache and their little poor feet felt sore and weary, the vision of the pudding dancing in their heads made them forget all their woes. And what a treat they had on Christmas Day! The pudding was so good and the day was so merry that the brownies wished, as they shut their sleepy eyes, that Christmas came more than once a year. They made up their minds that they would never let a Christmas go by without having a plum pudding, for it was the best thing they had ever tasted. The Brownies Ride Are you in the humor for a lark, boys? It was Dot, the very smallest, and as everybody knows, the most mischievous of all the brownies, who said it. We are that, was the reply. They were coming home from school, these brownie boys, and dinner pails and books were thrown down at once while they crowded around Dot to hear of the prospective fun. You know that clover field to the right of the big stone house, he began. Well, some time ago, Grimes put up a sign which read, Horses taken to pasture. You should see the luck he has had. I guess as many as a dozen horses are running around in that pasture field. It's bad for them to do nothing but eat all day. So I thought we would be doing a good thing for them, and for ourselves too, if tonight, you know it is moonlight, we borrow these horses and go for a ride. You should have heard the yells of delight with which this scheme was greeted. Nobody but approved, except, of course, Croak. He always objects to everything. The plan was for them to meet at the schoolhouse at ten o'clock, then go together to the pasture lot. A number of the brownies were to bring ropes, which they would tie around the horses' necks and haul them into the road. The hour came, the brownies met, and the work began. They had forgotten saddles, but some of them crawled through the windows in the harness maker's shop and came back loaded with both saddles and bridles. Such a time as they had getting them on, and so many brownies had been invited that there were not enough horses to go around, so two and sometimes three saddles must be put on one horse. Always ready at last, and off they started. It was so funny to see them. Some of them actually hung on to the stirrup straps. Things went pretty smoothly at first, but oh my, what 
what a difference by and by saddles slipped bridles came undone and the brownie boys and even the poor horses went over and rolled around in the mud but the bitter must be taken with the sweet so nobody dared complain when the ride was over and the horses and harness were put in their proper places everybody pronounced it one of the best frolics he had ever had in his life the adventure of the mice things had reached a point where something must be done so thought and so said the four gray mice that had met together to talk over their woes these four mice had spent their lives in perfect comfort and happiness under the high back steps and they knew that no four mice were quite as happy as they but what a change had come into their lives the house had been sold and these new people made the lives of these four little mice most miserable no such thing as a trap had ever bothered them but now it was almost impossible to enter a cupboard or to climb up on a shelf without one of these cruel traps coming to view of course the cheese smelt good and looked so tempting but these sly little chaps had learned the dangers of traps and though they wished and sighed for the good things they did not venture near these strong wire enemies but worse than traps came into their lives these they could keep away from but a foe big and powerful had been brought to capture them it was a large sharp-eyed shiny black cat he never seemed to sleep for try when they might to creep silently into the house his quick ears heard them and his big round eyes looked eagerly around these four little mice were growing as thin as shadows for they dared not venture from their step-home to get even a morsel of food at last they met in council and then it was decided that something must be done after much talking they concluded that puss must be killed and that they must do it so armed with weapons and a good strong rope they started on their mission you can't guess how brave they felt nor how sure of their success but what a difference came when they started into the house there stood the cat then they forgot to be brave and off they scampered as fast as possible never stopping to look behind the mouse's easter egg it was spring and it was easter time the mice knew it was easter because one of them while rummaging in the kitchen cupboard for a nibble of something had overheard the cook giving the order to the grocer's boy miss mousie had heard her say i want a great many eggs for i have promised to dye some for the children and besides easter is not easter without plenty of eggs the grocer's boy seemed to be of the same opinion and cook laughed merrily when he told her how many he could eat now miss mousie made up her mind that if cook and the grocer's boy found eggs such fine food she must certainly try to have one for her breakfast on easter day such a commotion as reigned in the kitchen on saturday morning of course the children had no school and they all wanted to help cook you should have heard the bursts of gleeful laughter as the blue and crimson green purple and yellow eggs were put on a platter to cool miss mousie saw and heard it all as she sat peeping through a crack in the cupboard door that morning if they will only leave them on the platter until to-morrow thought miss mousie i can easily help myself and i know the children will not mind letting me have just one fortune was good to this little gray lady and when cook fixed the fire for the night and turned out the gas the eggs still stood on the plate now miss mousie knew that her two young brothers would like to try the eggs just as well as she so she asked them to come with her and armed with knife fork and spoon they started on their journey it was easy enough to reach the egg but not quite so easy to take it home it was so round and so smooth that 
try as he might not one could manage it at last miss mousie jumped for joy she had hit on a splendid plan it was the easiest thing in the world to manage she would lie down flat on her back hold the egg with her four little feet and then her two strong brothers could pull her along by her tail to think was to act this time and before many minutes the egg was landed in a safe hiding place to stay until morning then what a feast they had and how proud the brothers were to think that they all had been so well managed by their little gray sister the brownies visitors the isle of fun and frolic was the home of the brownie boys and girls and no one can e'er deny that the island was well named these youngsters had no thought but to run and play to sleep and to eat and the butterflies led them lively chases in their games of hide-and-seek but one day came a change in their lives and they learned that others lived in the world besides themselves little peak hat discovered it as she stood on the rock looking out toward the sea it was a great vessel ploughing the waves its white sails flapping in the winds and as she watched she saw it moving steadily toward the island all the brownies came rushing at her call and their wonder knew no limit on came the vessel closer and closer the brownies watched as long as they dared and then fearful of being seen hurried away to hide themselves where they might occasionally take a peep what great big creatures were landing on the island and what loud voices they had as they called to each other it sounded to the brownies like the roar of distant thunder all day long the little people remained hidden but when night came they stole from the hiding places to talk it over what kind little hearts these brownies had all the nice pieces of wood should be piled up for these strange people's comfort the best grapes should be saved for them they would coax the fish to nibble and do all in their power to make these queer guests happy indeed they seemed to think of nothing else and had you visited their home in the old forest you would have found them busily engaged in planning how they could add to the comfort of their strange guests the brownies are never so happy as when they are busy making others happy they believe that the best way to enjoy life is to give pleasure to those they meet of course the visitors did not know what was making their visit so pleasant for these busy little creatures always work quietly and secretly the visitors did not stay long but the brownies did good service and when they had gone they quite missed the pleasure they had felt in making others happy and they were continually wishing that some favoring wind would bear some other ship to their shores that they might again have an opportunity of renewing their acquaintance with these queer people end of five stories by palmer cox